Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path of recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, Mikey. How you doing this morning? You know what? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. You know, I love these uh, bright and early recording sessions, uh, which are really in, in the coffee shop. In the corner of the coffee shop, we always get a nice uh, extra large coffee. Extra large. Extra strong, extra large. It's great. I Double love, espresso. Yeah, I love sitting having coffees with you, man, and just exploring some, uh, just some you know, different topics and tips on the... Uh, you know, sharing them back and forth on the sober path of recovery. I love doing it. I love being in the coffee shop, you know. Or, uh, hey, and listen, by the way, for those that want to, have, thinking about doing their own podcast, you know, don't steal the coffee shop idea, but. Um, but Go uh, ahead. Yeah, right. But Audio Hive, right? How about a little shout out to Audio Hive this morning? Yeah, Brian, Brian the engineer, man. Brian is, uh, Brian's the podcast barista. And uh, Brian, really appreciate it, man. I won't let you use the uh, coffee shop the coffee uh, shop background, but I will make you coffee still. All right. Uh, oh, sold, my friend. Sold. Brian makes uh, good coffee. Yeah. So uh, even if you have to travel a couple miles, come to Joliet and uh, and check it out. It's a great, great studio. Totally. And for, for those of you out there that are listening and want to reach out to the podcast, you know, feel free. We'd love hearing from you. It's uh, Our email address is podcast at sober.coffee. And totally anonymous. You know, I know some email addresses have people's names in them. You know, we uh, keep them all to ourselves. Uh, we certainly will protect your anonymity. So, uh, all right, Mikey. So, hey, we don't, uh, from from my perspective, you know, I go to a lot of meetings just like you do. And, and man, I just never hear a lot of original stuff, right? We, we you know, churn and rechurn, if that's even a word. You know, just a lot of, you know, just a lot of similar sayings. And, um but, you know, our session here today is a combination of a couple of things. One is a new saying that I heard. It just kind of smacked me, man, because it really, really hit me. And then secondly, you know, a topic that you've been talking about. And as soon as we say the word, people are going to shrink up. Sure. Right? People oh, are going to yeah. go, oh, no. Oh, no. And, and some people may even log off. Right. You know, just because just it's an uncomfortable word. Um, so the phrase that I heard mm-hmm. is... If nothing changes, mm-hmm. nothing changes. If nothing changes, nothing changes. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hear the phrase, you know, the definition of insanity. Hey, if we keep doing the same thing over and over again, you know, you know, you expect different results, right? And, and really, if you do the same thing over and over again, you're probably going to get the same results, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I love if nothing changes, nothing changes. And then, you know, you, you've been talking lately about change, right? right. And change is a word that, I mean, at one point in my career, I was a change agent for a you know major public company. Mm-hmm. People hated me. You know, they saw me coming, they shrunk away because people don't like change. You know, change is a tough word. Um, you know, but I know through through my own story and through your story, you know, as we you know delved into the path of sobriety. You know, things had to change. Right. A lot of right. things had to change. Yeah. Right? So, <clears throat> so, you know, we've had some chats, Mike, Mikey and I. And, um, you know, a lot of times these podcasts, we have, 
you know, three bullet points, right? And really launch us off. I think Mikey's got 17 pages of notes here. Uh, <clears throat> so we're probably going to break the 18 the 18 minute rule for, for the I think we're, I, I'm guessing we're going to go a little past it so yeah so you know um, you know what we'd like to do is just walk through um, you know Mike's Mike's you know kind of path of change right, you, right. you know is and, and uh, you know as I like to say it's um, you know I had to learn how to live as a left hander mm-hmm. I had to change from being a right hander to a left hander and for me inside my head that really works, mm-hmm. right? Because that, that talks to the brain, it talks to how I look at things, and it talks to just how hard it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not go to a 28-day rehab and come out as a brand new person. Just did not. So, Mikey, I am looking forward to digging into your 17 pages <laughs> of uh, notes and, and just kind of getting some insights um, on, on change. All right, you got it, my friend. Well, thank you very much. This has been... Um you know, you're talking about learning how to how to li- how to live left-handed, right? And uh, I'm taking a slightly si- similar but slightly different bent on that. You know, I'm I had to I had to change I had to change in my life to learn how to play the game of life. I had um, hmm. yeah, what I had done for years was uh, I played by my rules <clears throat> that I established, and we've talked about them in recent podcasts, and. Uh, you know the lack of accountability, the lack of discipline in my life uh, that I just allowed to run amok. And you know, look, you know, I was listening to some of the podcasts that we put together just to make sure that we're sending the right message. And you know, my my life was not a total disaster, right? So when I say you know things run amok, you know, my life wasn't twenty four seven a disaster. It was pretty disastrous at the end of my drinking career, right? Drugging career, but but I, you know, I had some real beauties in my life, and and I realized that those beauties there there was it was times where I had parameters in my life. Maybe either I was um, I, I had a bit of a purpose in 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 my work, or I had a purpose in my family. Right, a new kid will create some some barriers. I li- I know you like to call them guardrails, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and. Uh, but, you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up at the beginning here is I think that for me anyway, COVID was a forced change, right? So the pandemic caused the whole nation and all its people to change their normal course of life. And it was really uncomfortable at first not being able to walk into a store, then being able to walk in a store with a mask, uh, you know, what the rules were changing every day. <clears throat> I guess my point is that that happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, my sobriety was a direct result of, of my decision to stop digging, right? To stop digging and to stop that chaotic and, and downward spiral. And uh, you're right. I heard, I heard that term, if nothing changes, nothing changes. And, uh, and boy, you nailed on the head. I mean, that scared me. You know, I wanted to log off of the meeting that I was in, right? Mm. It, it's, you're right, you're 100% right. It's that C word. It's the C word. Change. Right. But, you know, <clears throat> I, I liken it to golf. You know, there is... Uh-oh. I know, here we go. Oh, four? come on, man. Four? I liken it to golf. There's, you know, really it's, a, it's an ebb and flow swing that happens. But for some, it's natural. Uh, transition to pick up a club and, and hit a little tiny white ball. For others, it's a bit of a struggle. And so you go to a, 
you know, and you've had some experience in this climb, but you go to a, a I'm golf in the middle pro. of it right now. I just Are took, you? I just took a golf lesson. Right. So, so, no, but but I totally get it because I have, you know, coincidentally, totally coincidentally, I have two sponsees that are pro ball players, and when we go to Top Golf, you know, for our for our social bonding events, they could hit a broom handle, mm-hmm. three hundred and ten yards. I mean, straight. In, I mean, they are just smooth swings. And then some of us, like me, um, you know, that really has to really consciously break it down and work at it. And, and I'm getting a feeling that's what we're going to do here. That's exactly what we're going to do. You know, in, in golf, I, I did a little research, and there is uh, roughly 19 elements to a golf swing or, you know, to, to, to the golf swing. Mm. And uh, it's everything from, you know, and you know these, you know, uh, alignment, you know, targeting the ball, your stance, the club facing, you know, positioning, right? You got your feet, you got your head, you got your chin, you got your eye. All these things you need to be thinking about uh, goes on to your posture, you know, your back, your knees, your arms, your elbows, your wrists, your shoulders, your hips. My goodness, it's overwhelming to somebody who this isn't a natural thing for. And so... so oh, that's complicated, man. Uh, I know. It no sounds, wonder I have a problem. It sounds complicated and scary, but... But if you keep practice, if you focus on each one of these areas, and you go out to the driving range and you keep practicing, by the time you hit the golf course, it becomes more of a natural response to the training that you put forth. And um, not so ironically, I came up with about 19 things, Glenn, that hmm. have changed in my life. Uh, you know, since I became sober, and and they they were all areas that. Uh, that as important as having your wrist position the right way in a golf swing, you know, they're small areas, but if if you focus on them and you practice them, uh, you know, just speaking for myself, it, it it's it's changed it's changed my life in a positive way, but it's changed that I had to I had to take out to the uh, driving range. Yeah, so that's interesting. There, there's a couple key key points there that I'm looking to forward to seeing how they process through and you know with our podcast we, we normally break them down into three sections mm-hmm. right uh, experience you know what happened with us um, you know what was our experience strength what did we do you know what what steps did we take in the sober gym I like to laugh because um, I sure don't go to the real one mm-hmm. um, and then thirdly is hope right um, you know what what started to happen what is happening what happened or what can we hope to happen in the future from doing those things in the sober gym so um you know i'm looking forward you know what we could almost do is break down each one into experience strength and hope sure absolutely and and you know you can almost make a segment out of each one of these because i think they're just that important so i a nineteen-part a nineteen-part series, but so so for those that are not driving, operating a motor vehicle right now, or heavy machinery at work, take a couple of notes. There's uh, there's about nineteen areas that have changed in my life uh, for the better. So, in no particular order, in no particular order of importance, um, I I'd like to start with organization. <clears throat> you know, my experience with organization as I. I might have used the word already this morning, but, you know, my life was chaos, confusion, and clutter, right? And, uh, and, and because it was chaos, confusion, and clutter, it blurred, uh, it really blurred my ability to see what opportunity lied in front of me. And, um, you know, I created that chaos, confusion, and clutter, right? So, so just, just like a dirty, you know, uh, 
a, a dirty kitchen, you know, I created it. It was my opportunity to, uh, to clean it up. You know, so, so where did I find my strength? When I came into the program, I really found my strength in that area of organization of my life uh, in doing the phrase, doing the next right thing, right? It just makes sense. So it, cleaning up my side of the street, quite literally, right? So that's a figurative term in the rooms, you know, clean up your side of the street, take care of your emotional baggage, take care of it, right? But I'm saying clean it up physically, organize your life. Uh, to me, Glenn, it made it made a big difference because I was able to at least identify and see the path clearly where I wanted to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so thinking back to to my experience, right? Um, because I focused a hundred percent of my life on drinking, mm-hmm. I focused zero percent of my life on everything else, mm-hmm. right? So, so when 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 you talk about starting out. Um, I can relate to that. I mean, I had to physically clean up mm-hmm. a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. I had piles of stuff. I had stuff. I had envelopes from this special organization that I had never opened <laughs> called IRS. Right. You know, so so it, that took an effort, right? Um, but I also had time, some extra time to do that because I wasn't drinking. You know, I was able to. But what, what I really took out of that first bullet point, organization, what really stuck to me is my life ran me. Right. When I was drinking. My life ran me. When I started to become sober, um, you know, I started to run my life. And part of running my life was doing the next right thing. Purposefully doing the next right thing. Yeah. No, so, I, so I love that first point. You know, man, I think you're right. We could do a whole section. Just I know, on, right? Solid, solid. It failed of plan, plan to fail, right? And Google, look, Google's a wonderful tool to help out. You know, you got Google calendars, Google tasks. You know, there's a way to get yourself clean. Second one is uh, focus on daily momentum. You know, again, you, you pointed out, uh, I was aimlessly drifting. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and uh, and now my my days are, are based on um, my, rep- my daily reprieve based on my spiritual condition. Um, you know, that's what I learned in the rooms uh, is, to, is to keep coming back. You know, that's a phrase that they said. Well, what does that mean? It means get on the bike every day. You know, momentum without momentum, I stop and I and I fell. That's that's what I did before. I I wasn't moving for betterment, so therefore I stopped moving forward and I fell. It's just like riding a bike. You stop pedaling that bike, you know. Eventually, you're gonna you're gonna stall and then you're gonna fall. And uh, so momentum to me is an important is an important principle in change because you, you you have to put energy in action into into momentum it's not it, it doesn't happen naturally unless you're riding downhill and that's no fun glenn yeah you know when 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 i think of momentum right i think of the you know high school or college you know science you know ball of motion stays in motion takes energy right mm-hmm. um so for for me when i think of momentum i think of okay what's driving mm-hmm. that momentum mm-hmm. right um and and for me as i think of what's driving it what's the fuel I think of purpose, right? Mm-hmm. My new sober purpose is an amazing fuel to drive my momentum. Mm-hmm. No, that's great, and and that that's a great segue into purpose. You know, search my heart and soul and define and live my purpose. That's what that's what I remind myself of every day. You know, when I when I was out there, <clears throat> my purpose was to get a bottle of liquid or. RX, you know that was my purpose. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And, and I think I think for many years, my purpose was just to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, that goes back to my life ran me. I just want to survive. I just want to get through this day. You know, I just want to get some booze enough to make sure I get through the day and and not get into too much trouble. Right. You know, and, and, right. and so... No, we, we could do a whole section on purpose because, you know, that is such, you know, such a driver. Well, it is, and it, it's it's almost like if we go back to the bike analogy, I love it. We got golf analogies going, <laughs> we got bike analogies, school analogies. We go back to the bike analogy for a moment. Purpose almost is like putting a motor on that bike, mm-hmm. right? Because, because before we were pedaling it, but once you find purpose in... And I clearly have a purpose in my life right now. Uh, a, it's to stay sober. And B, it's to help the next struggling alcoholic, right? And look, I still have a day job that doesn't, that doesn't count for me helping the next struggling alcoholic. I, I still work, you know, and I'm a great employee. And, um, and I'm a great employee because of this program. But, but it's, a, it's like putting a bike on, a, a motor on a bike. Because once you find that purpose... And it takes action to figure out what that purpose is. Once you find that action, that motor is doing all the pedaling for you. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When, in 2014, when I was in my four-month program, I actually did a book, right? Because purpose was, I struggled with that. You know, at one point, you know, my purpose was my career, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else was uh, secondary. And I used my career to fill my hole in the soul and, um you know, so I'm in this four-month program. I did this book called The Purpose Driven Life. Yeah, great you know, book. By uh, Rick Warren. And right. I think you're supposed to spend like... 40 days, right? Was it? Oh, was it 40 days? I believe so. <clears throat> so I thought it was 40 weeks, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're on the slow train. Yeah, you know, I... But no, I literally did one a day, mm-hmm. right? So for 40 days while I'm in there, I did the... And, and the biggest thing I pulled out of there, which I didn't understand yet because I wasn't on step 12, but the mm-hmm. biggest thing I pulled out of there was serving other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly get that now. And, and I have found that when I do something outside of my purpose, mm-hmm. I get tired quick. Mm-hmm. But when I'm doing something that's focused on my purpose, I am amazed at the level of energy and stick to that I have. Right. Just amazing. Yep. And that... Uh Again, good segue. Let's go to, uh, let's jump to the uh, serve till it hurts bullet. Um, You know, that's another thing I had to learn. To me, I was about serving myself. Uh, Now, uh, and that's all I served, uh, was my my desires uh, when I was out there. And uh, and now I learned in the rooms, I learned through reading that giving it away is what gets it to gets it for the giver, right? Giving it away is what gets it for the giver. Uh, keeping, you know, my serving activities a priority sets the tone uh, for me to, fo- to to focus on not myself, not poor me, not what my goals and desires are, but helping somebody else. It's one of those just weird kind of scenarios in life of paradox that the more I help other people, the better off I'm doing for myself. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When when people talk about, you know, step 12 and, you know, serving, and I think my, you know, I try to serve well, well beyond, you know, step 12. I look at serving, you know, as a whole kind of, you know, frame for my life, but... And people are like, well, you know, I'm just new in the program. I can't serve, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, there's a lot of ways to serve. You know, you can serve the coffee. Um, you know, you, you can give a ride, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody else. Um, you can, you know, pick up pick up the phone when, when somebody calls you. Um, you know, or you can make a call to somebody and brighten somebody's day, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, you can clean the freaking toilet. Just clean the... <laughs> Literally. No, to, you know, it's so funny because the... Um, uh, 2003 when I was in my first uh, rehab I was in a real posh rehab and so my, my temporary sponsor you know we were talking about serving and I'm like dude I came here because you know private chef yoga you know masters and I mean I came I, I went to rehab to get served sure right not to serve so the guy literally told me he looks at me he says hey look here's your next assignment he goes I want and, and and we and we had too. We had the the Pacific Ocean Front Palace, you know, that that I stayed in with a penthouse view, and then there was like the house up on the hill, where there were like thirty people staying, and they had like a general kitchen and whatever. And and he literally looked at me. He said, "You know, take off your fucking Gucci's," which I was offended because I wasn't wearing Gucci's. Um, I was wearing Cole Hans. Uh, he said, "Take off your fucking Gucci's and go up there and scrub that kitchen floor." Yeah, right. And I'm like. Dude, you are out of your mind. Do you know what I'm paying to stay here? Dude, you are out of your mind. I'm not doing that. And he goes, I'm telling you. He goes, if you want me to continue being a temporary sponsor, you go do it. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, this is not, this can't be what this is about. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, it really is. Right, right. Yep, love it. So, so organization, momentum. Uh, we talked about purpose. We talked about service. Um, you know, certainly let's talk about spirituality, right? It's, it's, it's the thing, you know, find, I had to find a way to grow spiritually. You know, if I had arranged, I had an arrangement, um, Glenn, with my higher power when I was out there, right? Because I believed in a God. I believed in a, in a power greater than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't believe he could restore me to sanity at that point. But I, what I believed was that there was a creator of all earth and heavens, right? And, uh, but I had an arrangement with that higher power. And that was, here, if I'm drunk, we're not going to communicate, right? Because that's just embarrassing and, and, and is disrespectful to you. Well, guess what, Glenn? I was always drunk, you know? So, therefore, I wasn't, I wasn't grow, growing or, or communicating with my higher power. Uh, but there are so many tools that I found out. First of all, I'm sober. So, A, I'm communicating more. Well, that does help. Like, like for example, when, when we sponsor folks, right? Right, right. And the sponsee calls you up drunk, mm-hmm. right? The first thing we're like is like, oh, dude. that's a great analogy. Th- yeah. th- this ain't working right now. Right. Like, there's no way we're going to do any positive progress. How about we talk in the morning? Right. So, I almost picture God. Like, yeah, right. When I did my foxhole prayers, I almost picture God that's rolling right. his eyes and saying, Why don't you give me a call dude, in the morning? you're drunk. Yeah. You know, call we'll, call we'll me later. Back up. We'll right. run back up. That's awesome. And, you know, the, the thing about spirituality, and, and I've got working with somebody in the program right now, and, and they're really trying to figure the whole spirituality thing out, right? And we know it's important. We know the 12-step recovery is a spiritually-based program. And, you know, and and so they're out there looking at books. And there's, you know, look, Amazon, don't forget, they started out just selling books, right? They're still in the book business. There's a million books on there on Hinduism and and you, you name it, uh, Christianity and and voodoo. I mean, they're spiritual. I'm not advocating voodoo as a 
but there's spare there's spirituality. I heard that one yet. <laughs> I know, right? That's the fifth. No, but I think step. the thing with spirituality, and, and it's it, it's great because we we have a guest where we are going to do a session on, um, you know, the the program says God as I understand Him, um, and and we're actually going to spin it the other way, and mm-hmm. and we're say you know God as I don't understand Him, right? right? And right. and just really exploring, but I think the basic line for spirituality is I am not God right there you go and and I think I think if if we can get to that point you know hey you know certainly don't have to believe in your God don't have to believe in my God mm-hmm. you don't have to believe in a God right. but it just can't be you anymore it can't be me anymore it, it just it just has to be something outside of ourselves mm-hmm. that can provide direction and you know, for for a long time, I used my my sponsor. You know, as a higher power. Right. I, I still do. Right. You know, sure. So. Sure. And there, look, there's so many tools. I think that that help me find a way to grow spirituality. You know, there are there there are churches to attend. If you're not interested in churches to attend, you know, there are other ways. Service projects and and uh, and small groups and you know, there's a thing called YouTube. Go check it out. Right. Oh, I do a lot on YouTube. Yeah. And, and the one thing about spirituality is, um, you know, I think it's a journey. I think it's a path. Sure. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's this guy in our room that says, look out for the ones that say they're very spiritual, uh, you know, something like grab your money or grab your ass or something yeah, like that. Right, you know? right. All right. So organization, momentum, we got service, we have uh, purpose, and we have spirituality. Um, you know, health. Let's talk about health for a second, right? So, you know, my health, mom, or, health or help? Health, health. Yeah, oh, H-A-S. And uh, boy, we, I abused mine. We aren't going to talk about nutrition and diet, well, are we? <laughs> well, we're we're going to talk about we're going to talk about fueling your system the right way. Oof. Sleep, sleep is one of the big ones. I, you know, look, almost everybody I run into the program says, "Yeah, I'm doing man, just trying to get to sleep. My brain's going a million miles an hour." I thought I was the only one that had a brain going a million miles an hour. It turns out that a lot of alcoholics, uh, their brain goes a million miles an hour. And, and find a way to get sleep, right? Find a way to get yourself healthy. Um, I had a total disregard for health, uh, but I found through, uh, and this goes a little contrary to, uh, to other people but uh, in the program, but, you know, I have a sleep aid at night. It's, you know, it's, I have... There are homeopathics out there. There are. There Don't are, tell me it's Valium. No, 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 no. <laughs> that would be bad. Um, no, nothing that alters my behavior or or, um, or, or moods. But uh, mind you know, altering meds, right? Mind altering meds. Just find a way to get healthy. Find a way to get healthy and stay healthy. It's important to put the right kind of fuel into your system uh, to allow you to continue to grow and serve. Um, yeah, so sleep, I mean, that is a major key point for me. I am really focused on it. In fact, I got a bruise on the bridge of my nose from my new sleep mask. Um, you know, I'm dealing with sleep apnea issues. But the biggest issue I deal with is what you mentioned. It's waking up at 2 in the morning. That mind Shutting just that goes. brain just starts oh, cranking right down the road. So quick tip for everybody. Yes. Go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, search guided meditation. Okay. There's thousands of them. Love it. The one that... The one that um, I started with mm-hmm. was Michelle Sanctuary, and it's Cabin in the Snow. Beautiful. And this, this woman it. walks you through the woods into a cabin in the snow, and I'm telling you, 
it doesn't matter what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. You're picturing yourself at this cabin in the snow, and it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And before I know it, I am back asleep. I love it. Love it. All right, so health. Get healthy, stay healthy. Yep. Um, you know, one of these other elements of my change was to seek professional support. Mm. You know, again, a lot of people in the program, a lot of people who are sober think they do it on their own. Well, look, I didn't come into this program saying I was ready to do it on my own. There are other people uh, in the rooms that are that understand me. There are other professionals out there that I think, in, you know, in my opinion, have been very helpful in my journey because they're professional. They understand mental challenges, um, and and you know, I've been I have a diagnosed disorder. It's ridiculous for me not to go get the help uh, that I need, and I'm very fortunate. I go to a I go to a church that uh, that preaches that from the from the pulpit. You know, to go the professional help is out there. Go find it, seek it, find it, use it. Yeah, you know, this was a key for me. Um, well, first of all, you know, when I was drinking, I went to many doctors, mm-hmm. and and I went the medical route, mm-hmm. the medicine route, the pill route, and and that just didn't work. You know, um, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't take the right meds with your doctor's advice, your sponsor's advice. When, when I go through medical situations now, I have a team. Mm-hmm. I have my wife, I have my sponsor, my doctor. Everybody knows I'm an alcoholic. Everybody knows my natural tendency is to abuse pills and do, you know, so I have everybody on the same page. Everybody knows everything. And boy, that's a good guardrail. Absolutely. But I found with professional help, when I started going in and being honest with Mm -hmm. what was going on, I started to get results. Mm -hmm. And I have a therapist, a doctor, therapist. I call him my coach, Mm -hmm. right? He has done amazing things for helping me look at things in a different way, mm-hmm. right? From from just an experience like being a stepdad, mm-hmm. right? I had my way of looking at things. He has totally sure. changed and twisted and turned around how I look at things, and I'm getting amazing results from it. So, dude, this is a very important point. But, you know, you got to be honest. Right, you know, um, and that, that took change. You know, I love, I love my doctor. You change, know? Yeah. so, so, do you drink, Mike? Sure, social. How much? Oh, socially. You know, kind of like Ozzy Osbourne takes. You know, his <laughs> <laughs> we, drug we socially. We, we don't know what Ozzy does. That's right. All right, so get healthy, stay healthy, uh, seek professional support. Um, you know, schedule my life around meetings. Uh, you know, look, I, I average a meeting a day. I'm not looking for a pat on my back. I'm not suggesting. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. You might Just, want to step it up. I know. But but you know what? It grounds me in the day. It either is the foundation that launches me off throughout the course of the day, or it's the bookend that closes my day out and reminds me of what I have. And I go to meetings for two reasons, and that is simply, number one, to remind myself where I came from, and then number two, to grow to find out how to live a better life. But, I, you know, going to meetings every day, that's so foreign to me because my my life was all about isolation and doing it myself. This this recovery is now all about community and and getting support from people who totally understand me. Yeah, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's a key point. I probably go to 10 a week. You know, that's, that's about what I go. Um, and years ago, 
I went to meetings when it was convenient for me. Mm-hmm. I went to meetings when I could fit it in, when I felt like it, or when, eh, I got some extra time, I'll go to a meeting. And I got the result from it. Mm-hmm. I relapsed, relapsed, relapsed. Um, and then I, you know, finally when I surrendered, I made the commitment, I'm going to go to meetings. Pre-COVID, I used to go to three to five meetings a week. Mm-hmm. Um, in person. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I go on Zoom, mostly Zoom, I go to one or two a week in person. The rest I go on Zoom. You know, it's more convenient, so I go to 10 a week. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's a reminder. For me, it's like plugging in my cell phone. Right. My iPhone's a wonderful device, but the thing needs to be plugged in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a wonderful device, but I need to be plugged in to AA, and the quickest way to be plugged in is, you know, is a meeting, and they're all over the place. Yeah. <clears throat> and one thing that I started to click recently is it's like braces. You know, it's like if you have braces and you get your braces off, you have to, most people have to wear a retainer. Mm. You know, to to for your teeth to stay straight. To stay fixed, you got to wear a retainer. And if you don't, you go back, your teeth go back to how they were. Right. The right. crooked, crappy mess. That's right. Right? right. And, and that's, that's the same point. with me. If I don't go to a meeting, the meetings are my retainers. If I don't go to a meeting on a regular basis, hey, you know, I'm not saying tomorrow I'm going to drink, but my behavior, I start the emotional relapse quicker, then I start the mental relapse quicker, and then, hey, if I go long enough... You know, I know for a fact, if I went for a week or two without a meeting, in my brain, I'm saying, I can do it differently this time. I can drink. Yeah. I just know, because I've done it so many times before. And it's a piece of change that's so important. I've got a good friend of mine who's in rehab right now, and, you know, they're going to be coming out, and my strongest desire is if I could give them only one piece of advice, only one piece of advice, it would be get yourself to a meeting every day because then they're going to plug into a network of people that understand them and they've got a good shot at recovery. It's just so important. Meeting members make it. Yeah, right. No, meeting makers make it. Something like that. Yeah, right. All right. We'll give you a quarter every time I hear that. All right. So the next one comes in... in, uh, we're wrapping up here, but a couple of bullets, uh, and they both focus around help. First of all, uh, you know, I must help the next, right? I, I need to embrace the give it away, right? So that means to me going to meetings uh, because my 30-second comment could be the differentiator to somebody coming back to a meeting or not coming back, somebody feeling uh, embraced or not feeling embraced. Um, you know, helping the next, you know, goes in the form of, of sponsorship right helping really working side by side with the next alcoholic or just being a pseudo sponsor to somebody and what i mean by that is you know you're just there you're picking up the phone you're checking in with them you're you're just you're just there as part of their journey um got a call yesterday from a from a guy probably haven't talked to in about five weeks right but we both have our phone numbers so in between those five weeks there was a couple quick texts just simple Good morning. You know, just simple little things like that. We must, you know, I must help the next struggling alcoholic. Yeah, and, and we do this, um, a meeting for newcomers. Mm-hmm. I, I should say, you know, you, you kicked it off because of your passion for newcomers, and I certainly, you know, jump on. And, you know, sometimes just telling a newcomer, hey, man, good to see you. Right. You know, that's just a, just a wow, you know, because that stuff doesn't happen in this world. Right, you know? right. And then on the same topic of help, uh, you know, continue to ask for help. This is not a one-and-done activity. When I said help, uh, 
my moment of clarity that I had been had been done uh, searching, you know, I I have to continue to ask for help on a daily basis. I'm not above the help that is available to me to help me in my program. You know, if I'm if I'm down and out, I need to pick up that phone and call somebody, not for their mental sobriety, but for my mental sobriety. You know. Man, we're knocking out the list, huh? Knocking out the list. So help is a big thing. We're almost... Uh, so embrace the fellowship would be another one. Again, uh, I was isolated with no accountability. Uh, meetings uh, definitely meetings definitely help you on the course, but that's one hour out of 24 hours. And, and so when I talk about fellowship and embracing the fellowship, that means that, you know, I'm, I'm going golfing with a, with a buddy. I'm going fishing. Uh, I'm going to stop over at their house. We're going to or, or meet them at the coffee shop, have a cup of coffee. Um, I, I'm, I'm really engaging in somebody else's life with them. I'm embracing the fellowship and all that comes with it. Um, so that's... Yeah, but let me jump in. So, yeah. so today, yeah, that's so easy today. But as a newcomer, right, as a loner that spent a year barely right. talking to anybody. Sure. Hey, bowling on Tuesday night. It's a little like, scary. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Right. Like, I'm not going bowling. I'm not, I couldn't even talk to people on the phone. Right. You know, I said to my sponsor, I said, I'm not calling you every day. He goes, no, I want you to call me every day. I'm like, dude, I can't do that. I have no idea what to say. Mm-hmm. He said, all right, I'll help you. Pick up the phone, dial me, and say, hi. He said, I think you can do that. I I'm th- like, no, I can do that. You know, and he said, let me. So it, it's amazing. How how you know our alcoholism is progressive mm-hmm. and recovery is progressive. Mm-hmm. So I went from barely being able to say hi on the phone to my sponsor, mm-hmm. and now I'm sitting on a podcast with you for right. 18 minutes at a time. Maybe thir- maybe 38 today. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to uh, work the steps. But daily. the fellowship yes. helps you. The, the, fellowship, the fellowship helps absolutely. you. The fellowship will carry you when you don't know what to say. That, there you go. Love it. Love it. Uh, find a way to work the steps daily. You know, and my takeaway for this was, and I learned this in a meeting, put it in your planner. What step am I focused on today? Put it in my planner. Put it in my Google calendar. Put it on my task list. What step am I focused on today? Uh, again, it takes my eye off the ball of me struggling, you know, early on struggling with the alcohol use. Now it takes my eye off the ball of comparing myself to old drunk Mike all the time. That's easy. Look, I don't fall down. I don't lose my car. I don't puke myself. I don't piss myself anymore. But now, now working the steps daily, I compare myself Mike today of Mike yesterday. I look at, am I better than Friday Mike? Am I am I better today than I was? That's what I mean by working the steps daily. Yeah, so for, for those that are at that point, right, the best way to work the steps every day mm-hmm. is to work them with another alcoholic. Yeah, Help another alcoholic, mm-hmm. be a sponsor, and boy, you talk about working the steps every day. And you know, then if you get three sponsees, yeah. you're always I mean, you're almost hourly work working the steps. Because not just are you on the phone with them, but you're thinking about them and I mean it it just becomes part of the whole ecosystem of sobriety. Right. Excellent. So we talked about spirituality, but let's talk about prayer for a second. Um and and I I love this because I was taught early on it's not it, you know I don't need to buy a book on how to pray the fact of the matter is I just need to do it 
I need to do it even if it doesn't feel right, even if I'm not feeling it, I still need to do it. I still need to do it. So sometimes in the morning when I wake up, it's a really forced uh, exercise because I hear it from everybody. I start my day on my knees. I am my day on my knees. Well, first of all, I got a bad knee. So let's start there, right? So I got an excuse that I can't get on my knees. But I can certainly sit there and fire up a prior to a higher power. But sometimes I'm not feeling it. I guess my point is I learned in the rooms, and what's really helped me is do it even if you're not feeling it. It'll come back to you. Well, if you use that C word, Mm -hmm. change. Change. And if you look at prayer, prayer changes the prayer. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah. Okay, so... Often in the uh, and and just to jump in, we yes. we have a, a whole podcast on on, on prayer, prayer yeah, right? Prayer, right? And, and we we have a second part two coming. So I mean, prayer is very important. It's good stuff. So we often hear in the book about prayer meditation. You know, here's my take on meditation. Uh, and you brought it up in your you've got sleep meditations you could do, but daily meditations. You know, I, I didn't even understand the concept when they come in. I thought, what it what is a meditation? What you know, what I've come to realize anyway for me is I can meditate on what I've learned in the rooms, right? So I'm a, I'm a note taker, right? So every meeting I've been to, I take notes. Uh, I just jot down a phrase or I jot down an idea or a quote from one of the readings. And then I, I typically turn that into a question, you know? So if the phrase is, you know, look for somebody else to serve, I'll ask the question, who am I looking, am I, am I actively looking for somebody to serve today, right? And that becomes my, medita- that be- I meditate on that uh, because I'm, I'm pondering that on a daily basis. Does that make sense, Glenn? I, I, take, I take the content of what I've, I'm learning and, and just kind of focused on that. Right, so I look at meditation very similar. Um, you know, I use meditation as a time, and I usually use soft music, you know, very early in the morning, but I use it as a time to process what I've heard, you know, what I've heard, um, and also to listen. Mm-hmm. So I, I look at prayer as speaking out to my higher power, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then I listen, I use meditation as a way to listen, mm-hmm. right? Because if, if you pray and don't, and then just get busy with your day, right? There ain't no listening, right? Right? There's there's no hearing back. And then I, it's so funny because I've people say, "Well, I don't hear from God," and I'm like, "Let's talk about your process." And it's well, you know, I'm driving to work in the middle of rush hour and I'm praying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? There's right. not too much being heard there. Firing up, clear up the left lane. Firing <laughs> up right, a man. prayer. All right. So we're on uh, uh, continue a uh, continue growth plan. Uh, you know, look, I. I for me anyway, I've found great joy in continuing to grow and not just program growth, but so there are there are there are twelve step recovery tools out there like the twelve and twelve, drop the rock, sermon on the mount, Joe and Charlie, Father Mountain. There's an AA there YouTube if you just if you just YouTube AA, I don't know what the results are, but it's going to be millions and millions of opportunities for you to go get additional content to put in uh, to your head, because what you put in, you know, it's the old uh, was that garbage in, garbage out, right? Good stuff in, good stuff out. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I mean, I'll jump in a little bit, and, and I'm probably going to get some dirty looks from you, um, but 
I mean, growth plan. Yeah, I get it. You know, a lot of this is focused on sobriety. I think it's, I mean, for me, I have a lot of extra time mm-hmm. in, in sobriety. Not now because mm-hmm. I have filled it up. Mm-hmm. I have filled that calendar up per, with, with purpose stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but just this morning, I mean, just, well, recently, you know, I've learned how to do some woodworking projects, mm-hmm. right? So I've learned to grow and learn new things outside of AA. Mm-hmm. Just driving over here this morning, and uh, don't don't forget our engineer, our podcast barista Brian is yeah. also a rock star. Yes, he so is. as I'm driving over here, I'm like, you know, one of the things I've always wanted to do was learn how to play the guitar, mm-hmm. and I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to make the step. I'm going to get some lessons, but but that's growth. Now that's growth outside of AA, but that's part of the stuff that makes life cool. Right, you know, no. doing, doing stuff like I that. I love it. No dirty looks for me because All right, good, yeah, no dirty looks. Phew. All right, very good. So, uh, coming down to the uh, around the, around stretch. the bend here. That's right. Um, I guess you know, put positive in, right? So, same thing that we just talked about a little bit. There's, pre, you know, pre-recovery, Mike. You know, I was constantly barraging my brain with bad media, right? Bad entertainment, bad, uh, a bad, just a bad mix of 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 data going into my brain. And, you know, I've consciously changed that to listen to uplifting uh, music, um, try and find media outlets that are reporting, you know, just the facts, Jack. Um, and, yeah, I have to work to feel them, to find them a little bit. But, you know, I certainly feel better about what folds in front of me, um, you know. And so, I, you know, I just think t- focusing on the positives uh, and putting good content into myself uh, is, has helped me. And that, that was something I had to physically change. Yeah, that's great. I have two quick examples on that. Two guys, two different guys I was working with. One guy calls me. He says, Glenn, I got, Glenn, something's wrong, man. All I think about all day is sex and lusting for women outside of my marriage. And, and I'm like, okay, let's break down your uh, day, right? And, I say, and it turns out he watches porn all day. I'm like, how in the world can you watch porn and not think about sex? You know, mm-hmm. that's driving that's driving your thought process. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I have a guy call me up. Ah, oh, so stressed, man. Oh, the, the world's coming to an end. This world's stressing me out. You know, I'm really panicked about this world. I'm like, well, let's talk about what you do all day. Well, he watches these news channels all day long, right. you know, for 18 hours a day. All his feeding is the chaos and, and all the agendas of everybody. And right. I'm like, dude, try turning that off. Right. right, and it's amazing. Four days later, he goes, "It's a different world." Yeah, right. It's amazing. So I totally Good. get that. Thank you so much. Uh, put into words very eloquently. Um, so, second to last, find an outlet uh, to fill that hole in your soul. Right. So find an outlet. Um, I, you know, we talk about we talk about the desire to have purpose. You know, I guess for me, an outlet. Uh, you said you always wanted to play guitar. You know, I always wanted to try and figure out how to get the heads, the thoughts out of my head onto paper in some kind of structured format, right? So it starts with journaling. So for me, I could just free freestyle journal, and and that gets me out of myself. That gives me an outlet. Um, you know, again, uh, call art. You know, or, or music, you know, I, I'm inspired. If you learn how to play guitar, I'll learn how to play drums. We'll start a band. Look out, Beatles. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. 
Yeah, right. and, and, you know, I use kids. My my kids, I, I have four kids, and um, they, are my, they are one of my key outlets. I mean, the minute I commit to spending time and getting involved with them, you know, just, again, it gets me out of my head, gets me serving somebody else, and, and gets me interested in, in cool things. That's great. So the last golf tip I got for you this morning is uh, for myself as well is uh, live like you love. Um, and and I guess for, for me, everything is basis love. And and so it's it's loving the guy in front of me at the um, at the checkout line in the jewel who's small talking with the lady when obviously I've got an appointment that I need to get to. It's it's the uh, you know, it's the. It's everybody I come in contact with, and 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 it's my outlook on life. Live like live like you love, and that is one of the greatest changes for me that I had to put into play because I wasn't living like I loved. I was again in such a dark place. Now I live in a place of light, and that takes a proactive approach, and it's kind of the culmination of all these little golf tips. So. Just in re- can I review? Can I chunk down the list and then we'll close out? Let's close it out. All right, excellent. So organize. Um, f- focus on daily momentum. Continue your growth plan. Embrace the flat fellowship. Find a way to work the steps daily. Um, take time to meditate. Take time to pray and meditate. I guess that's the right order for that. Eat healthy. Stay healthy. Get some sleep. Um, seek professional support when available. Schedule your life around meetings. Serve till it hurts. Um, find a way to grow spiritually. Put positive in. Uh, find an outlet for your uh, for for that hole in the soul. Help others. Ask for help. Search for purpose and live like you love. Well, man, I'll tell you what. We it, it felt like we rushed through some of that, and, yeah. and, and we could have clearly done nineteen sessions. Right. You know, clearly. Um, but I thought that was very valuable. Um, you know, certainly some topics that we've touched on before and we will touch on again. Um, but dude, man, what a, what a power, uh, power hour on yeah. the, uh, in the sober coffee, uh, shop. Thanks, I love man. what they say. Take what you want. Leave the rest. Hey man, if nothing changes, nothing, nothing changes. changes. Thanks. Glenn. Take care, brother. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution. 